welcome. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of everything questionable. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) Of everything questionable, odd, and eerie. Of everything questionable, odd, and eerie. Did I get it wrong? Well, our cover has been blown. Damn. <laughs> really, of everything questionable, odd, and eerie. Yeah. All I'm, I'm Rebecca. Questionable. <laughs> I'm Rebecca. Of all things questionable, odd, and eerie, I'm Rebecca. I've had a bash to the head <laughs> <laughs> by a bagpipe. A bagpipe oh. to the head explains the accent. Yeah. Our cover's blown. It's a honeymoon thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously. Sorry. That's not Rebecca. <laughs> so we have the no. lovely pleasure of having CK join us once again. Yay! Yeah, hello, everybody. Welcome, honey. Which Third timer. Wow. <gasps> You've officially beat yeah. my dad. Oh, snap. Oh, wait, no, y'all are oh, tied. There was a mini thing with him. Y'all are tied. Oh, Never mind. Right. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't want to beat your dad. <laughs> I'm sure he'll appreciate that. Just stop this recording now (laughs) and wait until LMT can record with us again. Oh, no matter what I do, it can't top anything that your dad can do. Oh, he'll love hearing that. Um, So, guys, our lives have been a little hectic and things have gotten thrown off. So our our routine, our schedules have been off. And um, to make it up to you slash record something when the three of us could not record together, we brought in everybody's favorite, CK. Welcome, my love. Hey, thank you. It's an absolute honor to fill the tiny shoes of Rebecca. <laughs> They're not that tiny. No, she's she got big feet. the same feet. <laughs> oh, compared to my feet, they're tiny. <laughs> there. I'm a freak when it comes to feet. A feet freak. If I ever get to be thin, I will look like the etter, letter L. Oh. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not right. But yes, I'm very, very happy to be back. I've been waiting for this moment. Oh. He says I with all sincerity. No, oh, I love it. Yeah. I love you. know how much I love being on here. Now, uh, well, go ahead, Ash. You got it. No, I got this. You got this. <laughs> So fuck it, I'll talk. Go for it, Rebecca. Take <laughs> no, over. Um, so I highly doubt at this point anyone that <laughs> listens to us is not familiar with your works. But do you want to take a moment to explain mm. the uh, amazing contributions to the podcasting world that you were responsible for? Yes, thank you very much. Um, so the lesser known one, I'll begin with the lesser known one this time, is Infernal Souls and Eternal Arseholes. So good. Which is non-family friendly. Unless you you don't like your kids. <laughs> so there's one series at the moment, which is six episodes. There's one Christmas song, which is to the 12 days of Christmas with a serial killer theme tune. And a Halloween song, which the best part of which is the Ladies of Strange and their lovely harmonious Sad. vocals. Seriously, it's the best bit. I love you. Um, first one's set in Alcatraz. It's hosted by a dead man who's a former inmate, Charlie the Bagman Baglin. And it's one of those that's almost kind of hard to explain because if I say too much, it gives away too much. Yeah. But there's a progression to each episode and you have to listen to it, if for nothing else, to hear some fantastically unique swearing (laughs) done in a a Scottish accent. How can you Um, go wrong? Jiminy Crickhunt is still my favourite. I know. Uh, The other one, which is for families, 
is Mirths and Monsters. So good. Which is where myself and my boy Finn, who's a human, not a human, he's a dog <laughs> boy. He's a dog. <laughs> Fuck me, it's late here. Um, it's for kids. Yeah. Yeah, so Mirths and Monsters with my, my dog Finn, my cat Ray, little Ray Skywalker, who can talk. Mm-hmm. And Finn is starting to learn how to talk. He's been watching a lot of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> uh, Please don't sue me. Hanna Barbera. And um, it's also got my other my other two cats, Bobby and Castiel. They're the enforcers of the group. We investigate cryptids and there's been ghosts. We just covered Area 51 mm-hmm. to talk about Large Male Tiffany. <laughs> and we've done the Bermuda Triangle. We've done, oh man, alive yetis and Bigfoot and the, the Boggy Creek Monster. Currently doing the Winchester House. <gasps> it's so good. The second episode of which well, should be out in the next couple of days, I believe. So... It's almost good to go. It's been a little bit behind, but yeah, it's Mercy Monsters. And hopefully there will be a uh, a kid's picture book coming out. Ah. Uh, round about June. Oh my quite God, I'm so excited. It should be about June, but it's going to be based on one of the, the Mercy episodes, the Bigfoot Barbecue. Yes. And the artwork is being done by uh, Emily Wallinga who's the daughter of Kate Willinga, who does the Ignorance Was Bliss uh, podcast. Perfect. And her talent is just off the bloody scale. Amazing. So she's ace, and my writing will be, you know, be all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what I do, and I'm very happy to do it. You know, just a few things so here and there. Out. He's known to dabble. No big deal. Man, yeah, I know. It's my second recording with another podcast this week as well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And it's so good being in the UK uh, when all your friends are in America. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to stay up late to record at all. Mm. Uh-uh. Ah, it's fine. You know how much I really... Especially the ones that have children who are like, we'll be on at 8.30, 9 o'clock. Ha <laughs> ha. Hold on. BRB. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I don't mind at all. Well, uh, CK is going to be sharing a story with us today. So me and Tiffany have the easy job of just sitting back mm. and relaxing and listening to the smooth stylings of that Scottish accent. <laughs> it's my favorite. I like it. Yeah. Hi, and welcome to the midnight hour. Oh, it's not the midnight hour, it's the 20 past one. <laughs> so, <clears throat> when I've been on before, I've done, um, it was Selkies, mm-hmm. uh, which I believe you called the Haggis of the Sea. <laughs> and then I did Bermuda Triangle mm-hmm. as well. So, I was I was deciding between... Do I do a true crime kind of thing or do I do a myth kind of thing? So my choices were the Axeman of New Orleans, Ooh. the unsolved one, or Nessie, oh. Loch Ness Monster. What? So the one I actually chose finally after that was the Black Dahlia. Oh. <laughs> yes! Dahlia, Dahlia. I say Dahlia. Black Dahlia. Dahlia? Yeah. What do you say? It's Dahlia. Black Dahlia. Dahlia. There's a. Dahlia. Uh, it's Dahlia. There's a. Is it metal core or death metal? I don't remember. A llama. <laughs> that is actually yeah. Yeah. When I when I searched for images under Black Dahlia, there was more than just a dead lady, which was preferable. Oh to yeah. Be honest. Matthew. I mean, and the I... ones that weren't the dead lady were preferable. <laughs> Matthew and I've seen them live, and they are awesome. Sweet. They look like um, the thing that popped out. There was a band. I think they're Canadian called Three Inches of Blood. And they looked uh, sort of hardcore. <laughs> anyway, 
the reason I'm doing the Black Dahlia, I actually spoke to Rebecca because um, I'm, no, I mean, I'm Rebecca. Oh, yeah. I spoke to myself earlier on <laughs> asking it to make sure that you hadn't done these things. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out we haven't. We have I not. Remembered. Thank you for verifying, Rebecca. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt a fucking Rebecca accent. I don't need to, because I am her. <laughs> so the reason I'm doing this one is... I quite fancy doing a true crime one for a change, mm-hmm. really. And also, it's... You know, you, you've seen the question quite a lot when you're in a true crime thing. It's like, which case would you like to see solved the most? Yes. Yeah. And a lot of it's the Zodiac Killer and Jean Benet and stuff like that. I couldn't give a fuck about the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> the Black Dahlia is the one for me. Because it's tragic. I mean, they're all tragic, obviously. Yes. Like Jean Benet is a horrendous case, but there's something about this one, and I'll get into the reasons why for it. So, before I actually get into the like the meat of it, there's something I'd like to read. I'm a bloke. I know this. Hi, I'm Rebecca. I'm a bloke. <laughs> it's a CK. So, I'm a bloke, and I wrote this. I have checked it with four female friends of mine to make sure that I've not written it in such a way that sounds unintentionally ignorantly blokish and they said it's okay so perfect I just want to read this first it's and I'm I'm not making jokes or stuff at the moment this is like the series okay so Elizabeth Short who was the black daily Elizabeth Short was found dead on the 15th of January 1947 she was a Boston-born woman who moved to California to live a life of fun possibly getting into acting. Before she could do any of that, her life was brutally ended when she was only 22 years old. I'm saying this now because I will probably make jokes, either dark or silly, but not towards Elizabeth. She was a young, vibrant woman who was taken so many years before her time, and I think she should be remembered like so many other women who have been taken away from us too soon. I didn't actually mean to start writing that. I started writing that with Elizabeth Short, was born in Boston, blah, blah, blah. But with a case that happened here recently, Sarah Everard, who was murdered, it would seem, allegedly, by a policeman. And it's really struck a chord. It's basically when George Floyd was killed, Mm -hmm. when all the, the, the marches and everything were happening, it wasn't for just George Floyd. Right. So there's been, the the case here has really struck a chord uh, with that kind of thing. And... <sighs> oh, honey. It's been going on for too long. Mm-hmm. And it's another reason why I wanted to, to do this case was it's just horrible. Yeah. Basically. I'm a bloke. I can sympathize. I can't empathize. I think that's the yeah. right way of putting yeah. it. Because I'm, I'm, not, I'm going to. This is going to sound like a, a, facetious, a facetious thing to say. I don't know why I even try to use that word because I'm not good with it. I, I can. T- I live in a little village. I can take out Finn for a midnight walk in the fields nearby my house with just my torch for a light. And this, this is going to sound like I'm being sarcastic or something. It isn't. The only thing that I have to worry about is will the scarecrows come to life and get me. Yeah. And I'm not being flippant. Right. That's just how low yeah. my concern is. My ex wouldn't even consider going out. She wouldn't go out in the dark. Nope. With no. Him. And even in a safe area like we are just now. So I know that I can't feel exactly the same 
as women do. And I'm just using women at the moment. I yeah. know obviously there's more people trans and things like that, Absolutely. and uh, all that, who are, are have this, this fear as well. But because it's the case I'm doing mm-hmm. is about a young woman, I can't relate, but I can try and listen and learn. Yeah. Because when I was younger, I did shitty things. Mm-hmm. I didn't murder and stuff. Right. But I probably, even unintentionally, probably made people feel uncomfortable without realizing it. And I've learned a lot recently with this whole thing when i was out with finn just the other day just last week um i go past the fields it was light it was daylight and i passed uh, a woman who i've passed before mm-hmm. but it it changed yeah the, the 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 feeling was different right this time and i found myself walking even further to the side and not just because of social distancing and stuff like that but i found like do that ugh, you wanted do that to make her more. feel more physically comfortable. as well as yeah, like physically as well as mentally. Yeah. Like do just that little bit more. And that's something I think we can all do, mm-hmm. especially blokes. Because times like these, don't go on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you want to go live in a fucking field. Yeah. <laughs> surrounded by sheep and dogs and cats <laughs> and sandwiches. <laughs> Pepsi <laughs> Max. I'm out, of, I'm out of Pepsi Max. And, and just not Sorry for humans. getting so serious so soon. No, I appreciate yeah. that. You're, oh, you're a, blokes, um, anyway. a gem of a bloke, if I can say bloke. I, gem um, of a bloke. You, you can say bloke. I'm not a gem. I'm I'm not doing this. For, and I know you don't mean it that I know. way. I'm not saying this for kudos or anything like that. I'm still learning. Yeah. I'm 47 and I'm still learning. I just, I don't want to come across as white knight type person yeah which is why i made sure that this that paragraph that i wrote didn't sound like here he comes to save the <laughs> kind of thing there i just i want folk to know that i'll probably make jokes because it's what i do absolutely when i'm comfortable and uncomfortable well and if they've ever listened to our show that's how we cope with these things and i know that you you know me and you know that i wouldn't be a twat yeah. about it but i felt as though that this is something I need to say. That's very fair. This case. Okay, right. Now, dick jokes. <laughs> yes! There we go. God, I love you. See? <laughs> the Black Dahlia by Elizabeth... By Elizabeth Short. No. Nope. Um, <laughs> so, we Elizabeth, we're going back in time, was born 1924, 29th of July, in uh, Boston, the Hyde Park area of Boston. She was the middle of five daughters. Ooh. Oh, I'm one of five kids as well, but I'm the baby of the family, so I'm always going to be young. And the favorite, I'm sure. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> years, I've had to be years. <laughs> but yeah, middle of five daughters to uh, Phoebe May and Cleo Short. Cleo um, is her dad. I'm not sure if Cleo is, is short for something, maybe... Uh, Cleistus? Actually, I don't know if it's short for anything. Cleistus? Maybe. I don't, I'm not entirely sure. So, 1927, they moved briefly to Portland, Maine, but apparently Portland, Maine sucks arse <laughs> because they moved back to Medford, a suburb of Boston, the same year. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. There's, there's not a huge amount about her childhood, just bits and bobs, but just to give her a bit of background, really. Um, her dad, Cleo, built mini, mini golf courses. Oh. As a, a business, he was doing grand, 
and uh, everything was going fine until that famous Wall Street crash of 1929 mm. when everything went tits up. He lost all his savings. The family were broke. Things were hard. I don't know that I knew that mini golf has been around since the 20s. I don't know when I thought it started. It started in Scotland in, I think, the late 1800s. I mean, wasn't expecting an actual answer for that. <laughs> Grown-up size golf, not the miniature kind. <laughs> okay. uh, maybe shorter people played it, I don't know. Um, and that was their it version was... of mini golf. We're not that tall over here. So, <laughs> so maybe yeah, it I mean, actually started is... as mini golf, and then when it came to the States, we had to transition. Or maybe they were just very far away. <laughs> That's an old Father Ted joke. Uh, is it small or is it far away? <laughs> yeah, I mean, golf's been on the go for ages and it's 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 not increased in interest since. <laughs> so, savings were gone. Family are broke. Hard times. 1930 comes around. Uh, Elizabeth's dad's car was found by Charleston Bridge. Just his car. Mm. Not him. Oh. Yeah, so he... Took a swan dive, it would see him into the Charles River, and his body was never found. Oh my gosh. Oh, honey. So she yeah. didn't have, like, a, a great childhood. No, not a great one. Uh, don't worry, it gets worse. Oh, oh, joy. With the dad gone, the mom and the five daughters had to move into a smaller apartment where her mom was a bookkeeper. And just as a side note, when I was younger, I thought a bookkeeper was someone who looked after books. <laughs> I didn't realize it had to do with accounting and stuff like that. And I actually applied for one once, not realising. Oh my god. Amazing. I didn't get the job. <laughs> when I wanted it. Who wants to count numbers when you want to keep books? Anyway. It would have been free range as well, so it's you know not a problem. <laughs> so things carried on as they were. Um she was a poorly child. She was prone to bronchitis, she had asthma attacks, and she actually had to get lung surgery when she was fifteen years old. Oh jeez. I mean, these kind of thing, they're not overly important to the story itself. I just thought it would be nice to hear about her. Absolutely. More than just she was a woman who was murdered. Oh, because you'll get ragey later. Sweet. Fuck me, are you going to get, you're going to get ragey. Bring it on and I'm drinking so, vodka, so let's do it. And it's another reason why I did this story and I'll get to why <laughs> that later as well. Yeah, so the doctor said... You sh- you'd be better in a warmer climate because they're in Boston and the Boston, mm. by all accounts, not that warm all yeah. the time, especially in the winter. So the fam- they actually had family friends down in Florida. So in the winter months, they would go down and stay in Florida with the family and then they would go back to Boston the other times of the year. Cool. And eventually she just uh, moved to Florida, stayed down there, went to school, but she was just there three years and then she dropped out, left uh, left school then. Which takes us to 1942, when she was only 18 years old. And uh, a letter came in the post <clears throat> saying, I'm very, very sorry. I'm not actually dead. I just moved what? to California. Signed, her dad. Oh, what? Yeah, her dad didn't what? commit suicide. He just fucked off and left and moved to California. Didn't Fuck tell that anybody. Guy. Wow. Then he decided Dude. to get in touch saying... Sorry. JK. I got better. (laughs) And uh, what I found interesting was that she then relocated to Vallejo in California to live with him. I mean... It's unusual, but I understand it because it's your dad, I suppose. Yeah. And 
I don't know. I mean, maybe she had a complicated relationship with father figures or something. I don't know, but that might. Um, that's not me just assuming. It's other things uh, that happen. Sort of maybe suggest it. Yeah. But yeah, she ended up moving to live with him. I'm guessing partly because it was her dad, and they wanted to forge some kind of relationship. And yeah. also, I'm guessing because of the climate as well for her health. Yeah. Because yeah. um, California is going to be better for her than um, Boston. Boston. So I've had, I'm very lucky I've got the best relationship with my parents. So I can't put myself in that position. Mm. But uh, I think I would probably in that situation do it too. Because I, I need uh, attention and affection. So I could see myself Yeah, I mean, uh, quite possibly. I mean, the other reason I could be just... With this instance, I couldn't be just be jumping to conclusions. It also could be yeah. the, the climate, and also because her mum was a single parent looking after five kids and working. Yeah. So, a bit less of a burden, but not mm-hmm. burden in a negative way, just a practically yeah. speaking yeah. way. Yeah, absolutely. She moved in with her dad in December of 1942, and then she moved out in January 1943 because they constantly fought. Yeah. Yeah. In my head, I thought, he was trying to be a dad. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, I'm your father. It's like, are you fuck? Right. Yeah. You're a, a <laughs> no, no, honey. Bumble. You abandoned that role quite a while ago. But yeah, thank you. Yeah, I know. Because that's the thing. He fucked off in 1930. And this is now 1942. Late in 1942. Yeah. See, Jesus. I can, like you said, I can kind of empathize. I could see the benefit, but also uh, go fuck yourself quote-unquote dad yeah completely i mean he left just in elizabeth's case when from the ages of six to 18 that's your learning i'm not a dad to human things but that seems to be like a lot a lot is impactful in that yeah i don't know that also kind of seems like it would make more sense though because when you're six you don't know what resentment is you don't have the capability of having i mean true you can learn it and you can learn to feel that way but it would be really hard to really feel that feeling and if you finally got a chance to have a relationship with them again i could see it being a lot easier to want it if they left when you were that young yeah and also they did think uh he was dead so yeah yeah, yeah. that's true sorry you're not like harboring Finn feelings is like... <laughs> Finn is no that's fine it makes me welcome. really happy <laughs> i'm enjoying watching him <laughs> You're on my notes. <laughs> You're on my notes. He does not mind being on your notes. Okay. Where was I? Oh, yeah. Her dad was a dick. So, uh, so the, uh, she moved out. Um, and then she went to work at a place called Camp Cook, which is now the Vandenberg uh, Air Force Base. Okay. Cool. Um, she, she, uh, which is near Lompoc. Which I, I, I'm guessing is still in California way. I'm not very <laughs> sure. But she, but she worked in a place called Base Exchange uh, on the base, which I think is a bit like an uh, uh, army surplus sort of store that was on the base. And it's for military personnel, current and uh, retired and stuff. So yes. she worked in there for a bit. She lived with friends and briefly with an Army Air Force sergeant uh, but Ooh, she left there because apparently he abused her as well. Ooh, no. There's there's nothing else to it. It was just alleged abuse. I don't know what the situation was. So she left there. Then she moved to Santa Barbara, 
where she was uh, arrested Oops. for underage drinking yeah. on the 23rd of September 1943, which I find kind of amusing because she was 18 years old. And over here, the drink, the legal drinking age is 18. So I forget that tw- sometimes. 21. <laughs> 21. Yeah. 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 So here it would be, I'll, I'll buy you a round, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. And they said, go back to Medford, young lady. And she said, okay, and went to Florida. <laughs> yes. So she went, she went down to Florida, where she met uh, Major Mouth. Major Matthew Michael Gordon, wow. who was an army air officer. Um, this is what I was talking about with the father figure type thing. But obviously, World War Two had just finished. Right. Yeah. This is 1940. Uh, uh, sorry, currently fighting. It was 1943 still. So the war uh-huh. was still on. There's going to be a lot of army folk. She seems to be... I'm just... Maybe speaking out of turn, that seems to be attracted to army people or something I like mean, that. Yeah. But there was just a lot of people going about who were or were military. So, you know, could yeah. be either tother. And you know put... what? Those pants, those pants and their uniforms. <laughs> I mean, especially the old military uniforms. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. Nope. <laughs> Well, don't get attached to uh, to Major Matthew that uh, that quickly. Got it. So Major Matthew Michael Gordon. No, this is actually it's it's sad um, for both. He was an officer. He was in training for the development de- deployment. Sorry, to the China Burma India Theater of Operations, which is also known as the CIB. There was a shitload of stuff going on over there, mm-hmm. and he was going to be going there. He had written her a marriage proposal. Uh, when he was recovering from a plane crash in India, and she accepted, yay! And then he died. Oh, oh no! In another plane crash. What? Oh, no. Yeah, um, he died in another plane crash on uh, in August in 1945, less than a week before Japan surrendered. Oh, to wow. end World War Two, because the victory in Europe came uh, June or July, I think. And uh, the victory in the VJ Day was a bit later when it fully ended. Yeah. Um. So apparently they were going to get married. And then he, he, hopefully he wasn't flying both times because he needs a new license. But <laughs> it's just really, really sad. It's, that is really sad. <laughs> so many things could have changed there. But yeah, I want to yeah, like it sucks. Give her a hug, but I can't right now. Yeah. No. Well. No. No, Could, no, I can't. Yeah. No. I know, I know. It, the thoughts there. <laughs> so she moved to uh, Los Angeles again from Santa Barbara uh, in July of 1946 to visit Army Air Force <laughs> fella, <Hey. laughs> Lieutenant Joe Gordon Fickling. Um, it, it doesn't say that they were an item. I think they were just friends because they knew each other from Florida. So okay. she just went over to, to see him. So uh, he was Lieutenant Joe Gord Fickling, um, which I think is a little thick, quite possibly. He's a fickling. fickling. Maybe his dad was a thick, and he's a he's, he's a, a fickling. fickling. Yeah. <laughs> he's so a you thick. did put cryptids in here. You just didn't know it. Yeah, <laughs> he was a fickling, and he was a, a lieutenant in the cryptid community. A lieutenant fickling. <laughs> lieutenant fickling. Fickling. <laughs> where uh, Elizabeth stayed with. And the last six months 
of her life. She stayed in Southern California, mostly in LA. And she lived in a room behind a place called the... I can't read my own writing. Sorry. She lived in a room behind the Florentine Gardens Nightclub, which is Ooh. on Hollywood Boulevard. <clears throat> and she worked Sounds as a waitress fancy. as well. Apparently, she was she was interested in acting and things, but considering mm-hmm. it was just post-World War Two. And entertainment was of a high importance to yeah. people at the time after such a, a worldwide uh, horror terror type thing. It it would be it wouldn't be unusual if she thought about getting into acting or something. Why not? I mean she was a young lassie, she was bonny looking, dark hair, mm-hmm. blue eyes. It just it could have been why the heck not? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Those were the days. So in January ninth, nineteen forty seven, this is the last day that um, Elizabeth is seen alive. She'd been on a little trip, a wee trip with a man called Robert Red Manley, who was a 25-year-old married salesman. Not judging. I'm judging. I'm judging. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I guess it is what it is. He dropped her off at the Biltmore Hotel because she was meeting her... 50s? 40s. Uh, it It was the very early 50s. It was 1947. Really early. <laughs> really, it's just like I'm a in, prematurely. It's, it's just like I'm in my late thirties. <laughs> Forty-seven, just really fucking. Well, I mean, according to Ashley's math, you're hey. not gonna like what you're in. Hey. <laughs> Age is a construct or something. Yes. The last year doesn't count anyway. So. No, we all get um, a do-over. Yeah. So, Mister Manley. Uh, dropped her off at the Biltmore Hotel because she was meeting her one of her sisters from Boston in the afternoon. There's some accounts that she was seen using the lobby phone, uh, the phone in the lobby at the Biltmore, and uh, there are some accounts that were seen at a place called the Crown Grill Cocktail Lounge, which was less than half a mile from the the Biltmore Hotel, and that's it until the 15th of January. Wow. Um, when she was found again, but less alive than she was before. <laughs> So before I continue with the next bit, this is gruesome as fuck. It's not nice. Uh, there are details that are not going to be pleasant. So if you don't want to listen, maybe skip a, a minute or so, possibly. Because it's... it's. Uh, I'll go through it quickly. We will uh, put so, a timestamp in the ac- in the show notes of when ooh, it would be see, good. I'm editing this one. You just gave me a job to do. Okay. Okay. I'm making a note. <laughs> Honey, you're it's, not, it's just kind of grim. I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave it to yourself. So, yes, the early hours of the fifteenth of January, nineteen forty-seven, a woman called Betty Berzinger was out with her three-year-old daughter, uh, just out for a walk, and Uh-oh. thought she saw a mannequin. And as we know, Uh-oh. it's never a mannequin. Which I believe Uh-oh. a podcast made a phrase of that. I'm not entirely sure, but. It wasn't a mannequin. It was the body of Elizabeth Short, so she called the police. And this was in a place called uh, Limart Park in Los Angeles, which was an undeveloped neighborhood. Okay. So it was mostly just grass and ground and stuff like that. Do we know how far it was from the Biltmore? It didn't say. It it actually gave coordinates, but I I think it was just a drive away. Okay. But it's sort of... It's sort of not relevant, uh, Okay. the reason for which I will get to. Perfect. So, this is where it gets... Oh, God. So, her body was found in two pieces. It had been severed at the waist 
and she had what was known as a Glasgow smile on her face, which the best way to describe it, if you've seen the Batman films and if you've seen the Joker Mm -hmm. Uh and what he does with the knife to his cheeks, that's a Glasgow smile, which I thought was another name for a Colombian necktie, but it's not. The Colombian necktie is when they slit the throat and pull the tongue out through the wound. This is just a slicing of the cheeks. Damn. Yeah, so I don't know if it's in a Windsor knot or what, I don't know, but <laughs> um. she was given that. Body was in two. She had several cuts on her thighs and her breasts. Entire portions had been sliced away. Two pieces, uh, the, the, her, the top half of her body and the lower half of her body were apart by a f- one foot. Uh, 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 I have to specify in distance, I'm not being joking it's just because of the nature of the crime in distance they were a foot apart yes 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 the intestines were tucked this is how they wrote it tucked neatly under the buttocks and it had been posed Mm -hmm. with her hands over her head her elbows at right angles and her legs legs had been spread apart the last little the last little gruesome bit is um there was a, f- a heel print found by amid the tire tracks there, and there was a cement sack that contained watery blood that was found nearby. Oh. The cause of death was actually caused by hemorrhaging from the lacerations to the face and also <gasps> shock caused by the blows to the head and face. Wow. Oh my God, I did not know that part. That's the description part of the what happened to her out of the way. So wow, I've seen pictures. Now we, now we get and to I the knew it was bit. gruesome. Yes, I knew it was gruesome, and I've seen the pictures, but I didn't know that about the hemorrhaging being the cause of death. That's awful. It's not good. I guess to make it feel any feel any better, the whole cutting in two bit was done after she died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that that's something, I guess. The, mm-hmm. the equivalent of being punched in the face as opposed to being stabbed in the ear, I suppose. But I, I, I right. don't know if that would yeah. be better or not, because I feel like this. It, I feel like being cut in half, it would be quicker to die. Not really. Uh, um, depends on how it's done. If it's done with like a, a mechanical sawmill belt type thing, then possibly. But this was done with medical precision, so uh. it would have been done. A bit Slowly. slower, more delicately, I suppose. Yeah. But, so I'd rather be smacked in the head and just boof, done. But, <laughs> boof, um, yeah. I, I understand. Neither is good. Neither is yeah. good. Uh, so, obviously, folk gathered, and there was a reporter called Aggie Underwood who worked for the Los Angeles Herald Express, and she took pics of uh, Elizabeth Short and of the crime scene as well. Aggie, Aggie Underwood, I don't know if you want to look into her, but I had a quick look into her story, and she might actually be somebody you might want to cover, because um, oh. she was a, a, a fascinating sounding lassie. I, I didn't see too much if she was good or bad, but it seemed like she was taken off of investigating the story twice, and there was no reason given for it. Oh. that That's not the worst thing the press does in this so, that rage bit that I was talking about. I've actually yes. got a subheading here called Rage Time. Rage Time. So, reporters from the Los Angeles Examiner. Now, this paper was owned by William Randolph Hearst. 
I'm not sure if you're familiar with the name, but do you yeah. know the film Citizen Kane? Well, Citizen Kane is meant to be based on Randolph yep. Hearst, who is a cunt, I guess is the the nicest way to put it. I was about to say, to put it nicely. He was a shite bag. Um, so reporters from this paper... Seriously, I'm going to piss you off with this stuff. Reporters from the paper phoned Elizabeth's mum, Phoebe, saying, hey, Elizabeth has won a beauty contest. Congratulations. What? And they, 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 they then got details from her, as much details as they possibly could. Then they told her her daughter was murdered. Oh, my God. Just going to let that sink no. in a little bit. Oh my! And then... I would murder somebody. Oh, wait. No, sorry. Well, not. yeah. And then there's another... Yeah. But wait, there's so, more. Yeah. So they, they said, okay, let we'll fly you out here and you can help the police with an investigation, which they then stopped her from doing. They kept her from the police. They kept her from other reporters so they could get the scoop on the <gasps> story. What the fuck? They kept the mother from... They... Yeah, they bas- I don't think they forcibly did it, but they basically told her, well, maybe not. Mm. Just keep away from that just now so they could get the scoop on the story. Ooh, what the fuck? Cons. So uh, these papers, I actually, I was going to write down everything that they did, and then I thought, fuck them. No, this Good. is not about them. This, this is what I was talking about when it's sort of another reason why I did it is because of the, the attitude of the press. This yeah. is the last bit I did about what they did because they described her as wearing a tight shirt and a sheer blouse and uh. also described her, and these are quotes now, as an adventurous and also as a, someone who, quote, prowled Hollywood Boulevard. Ooh. So they're painting Excuse me. a very specific mm. picture. Oh, yeah, and they actually... I didn't write any more quotes down because... To be honest, I was almost sick in my own beard. You know exactly the kind of things that they wrote mm-hmm. about a single woman at that time uh, in LA who was trying to get into the acting business. Right. So you can imagine how they portrayed her in the mm. papers. That was another reason why I chose to do this is because fuck all has changed since then as well. Right. It's still happening now. Unfortunately, that's right. Yeah. Damn. Fuck, man. This is where it gets less infuriating. <laughs> Question mark. <sighs> yeah, I know. Why didn't I do the Loch Ness monster? <laughs> <sighs> so on the twenty first of January, nineteen forty seven. So this is just two days after Elizabeth was found. There was a phone call that was made to the Examiner paper to the editor, who was called James Richardson, and the. Well, I was starting to write quick when I was doing this stuff. Sorry. (laughs) So the phone call was basically saying it was congratulating the paper on the coverage of it. Also, quote, expect some souvenirs of Beth in the mail, (gasps) end quote. Then on January 24th, just another three days later, there was a a manila package delivered with a a cut and paste, like kidnap... Oh uh, yeah, like a cut and paste from papers message. Yeah, saying here is here is Dahlia's uh, belongings letter to follow. That's the quote, and in it were Elizabeth's birth certificate, business cards, photos, names on a paper, uh, names written on a paper, 
and an address book with the name Mark Hansen embossed on the front. Hmm. What? That's that was. You would have to say that's either the person who killed her or the uh, person who killed her. Yeah. 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 Basically, and it had been. They managed to get some fingerprints off of it, but apparently they got damaged in transit. But also the um, they had been cleaned with gasoline. What? As had her body. I didn't know this, but apparently gasoline can eradicate fingerprints. Huh. Huh. I didn't know this. Maybe they got a way of getting fingerprints now that uh, compensates for that. Right. But at the time, yeah, the the envelope had been cleared with gasoline, as had the body as well. Damn. And on the same day, there had been a handbag that was found and a suede jacket that was found on top of a, gar- a garbage can, uh, which was... Um, also identified to be Elizabeth's, which had also been cleaned with gasoline. Damn. As well. Yeah, so they kept investigating. It now moves forward to March the 14th, and a suicide note was found, and it said, uh, quote, To whom it may concern, I have waited for the police to capture me for the Black Dahlia killings, but have not. I am too much of a coward to turn myself in, so this is the best way out for me. I couldn't help myself for that or this. Sorry, Mary. Now, that Mary. last couple of bits, sorry, comma, Mary. So Ooh. if I'm signing off something, uh-huh. it's, I, w- I would have, if that was me, I would have written sorry, comma, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that reads as though it was me that, Yeah. that the person who wrote that, wrote it it. Was, they were Mary. Yeah. But it seems like, sorry, Mary. As well, it it could be either way because. Ah, See, it's, I it's took an it. One. I took it as Mary was signing it. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Because with the comma there. Mm-hmm. But if it's a suicide note, by the way, it's not. Uh, oh. Well, I mean it is, but they apparently they changed their mind. Um, or <gasps> did they? Nobody did they? Bum, bum. Oh. The clothes that were left there gave no clue, and. Uh, Nothing else was, nothing else came from it, hmm. basically. But they then turned their investigation toward Mark Hansen, whose notebook was found. Right. And uh, was, that was the part, the one that was given to uh, the belongings. To yeah. The thing. So he was a nightclub owner. He was an older dude. He was investigated. He did know Elizabeth. And a friend of Elizabeth said that he tried on with Elizabeth, but she'd turned him down. As we know, that's enough for some folk to go off the fucking deep end. Yeah. But he was investigated, but he was released because there was no no real connection other than the fact that he might have tried to hit on her. That this was just the the, the, her friend said this. uh I'm not saying she's lying, but that's all they had. That was literally the only thing that they had. Also he had zero history of any violence, zero history of any criminality. Nothing, not even he was clean as you like. Not to say that that makes him innocent, just that it makes him less likely to be guilty, I would say. Yeah. They also investigated uh, the married salesman, Robert Red Manley, Manley Rob. He also, he passed the polygraph test, which I would expect a man who's cheating on his wife to do. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And we know, well, I guess we know now how reliable, quote unquote, those actually are. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess they're helpful, but it depends on the person who's being mm-hmm. tested, I suppose. Because, I mean, all, I, I, I saw a program where before you get tested, if you tighten your sphincter, <laughs> as tight as you, if you do, like, clenchy things, <laughs> then you're less, you're less likely to uh, fail because it registers huh. all the kind of stuff. It's it's more to do with body effects right. rather than what you're saying. It's what you're doing, like a kinest- kinesthesia, not kinesthesia, kinetics, whatever it is. <laughs> um, okay, that makes, so, you know what? That makes me feel better. I should get a polygraph because I do that all the time. <laughs> we don't need to know about your sphincter exercises, Tiffany. <laughs> In and out, in and out. The fact that you once nick- nick- nicknamed me Wonky Sphincter got stuck in my head, and now it's I do it just so that I don't have a Wonky Sphincter. Did I nickname you that? Oh, yeah, because I'm Toots Magoots, and you right. said I had a Wonky Sphincter. Right. Okay, fair. That doesn't I probably make it did. less wonky. It just makes it more powerful, yet still wonky. <laughs> You're just a geometrically disposable. Dispos- What's the word? <laughs> your sphinct, your butthole is not geometrically friendly. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's more nebulous than a starfish. Oh my god! I oh, love that you. turned. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to death. Now you have a nebulous sphincter. So there was this. This is slightly related, but there actually was an investigation into LAPD. Um, a bit later, there was a grand jury convened. Because apparently the LAPD weren't very good at solving murders, especially when it came to women and children. Hmm. It was oh. the same. And they were found to be lacking. Or inadequate was the word that was used. However, I know that LA is very, very big, but for this one case alone, there were 750 investigators from the LAPD. There was also 400 sheriff deputies and 250 California State Patrol officers. Good God. On the on the case, so that is what uh, fourteen hundred folk for the wow. initial investigation. So it seems like they tried because it was a very high profile case. It was in all the papers, like I've mentioned. It was you know, yeah. or they at least put on a good face and made the records uh, look like I don't know. It's hard for fourteen hundred people to put on a good face. Yeah, but all they had to do yeah. is record that they're working on that case. They don't actually have to do anything. True. There was a lot of suspects though. They investigated a lot of people. Basically there was hundred and fifty people suspected of it. Um that they took oh, wow. in and questioned and stuff. Yeah, um there was a lot. I've got some suspects that I'm gonna mention later. Not hundred and fifty, okay. you'll be glad to know. I do have one, two, three, three tabs open <laughs> for what I consider to be the main, main ones. 26th of January, 1947. So previous to the suicide note and things, and just two days after the Manila package, mm-hmm. um, there was a handwritten note saying, here it is, turning in Wednesday, January 29th, 10 a.m., had my fun at police, and it was signed the Black Dahlia Avenger. So this was oh. basically saying, I'm going to turn myself in. Sorry, I've, ri- I've written this out of order. So this was 26th of January, 1947, just two days after the manila envelope was handed into the, the newspaper. Somebody was going to turn themselves in, 10 a.m. on the morning of January 29th. There was a location given 
as well. Okay. So obviously the police were there, and nobody showed. Hmm. Oh. Of course. But 1 p.m. the same day, there was another cut-and-pasted message, as in physically. Are you looking at Finn licking my hand, Ashley? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh is that, is that being picked up? <laughs> no, I can't hear anything. No, we're Renee's just watching at him. His balls, then God Almighty. <laughs> well, his his ex balls, I should say. <laughs> yeah, but one p.m. the same day, there was a message sent uh, again with a cut and paste format from newspapers and stuff, saying, "Have changed my mind. You would not give me a square deal. Dahlia killing was justified." Oh, that was oh. the note. So, other than that suicide note thing that happened uh-huh. in March, it basically stalls from hmm, then on. Really? In. They keep searching and keep searching and keep searching. So, now I'll mention uh, three suspects, three main suspects of this case. One in particular, I'll leave until the end, actually, because what a f- Fuck with. (laughs) The first one I'm going to mention is a guy called Patrick S. O'Reilly. This one's not as long, but... So, I'm actually... I got this from the blackdahlia.web website, um, which is all about it. Timelines and all that kind of thing. I also use Wiki as well, and I've used... I'll I'll send you the references if you need them. Thank you. So, Dr. Patrick O'Reilly was a medical doctor who had known Elizabeth Short through Mark Hansen, who was the nightclub owner. And according to the LA District Attorney's files, O'Reilly was close friends with Hansen and frequented the nightclub that Hansen owned around the time of the murder. O'Reilly also allegedly attended sex parties at Malibu with Hansen. Again, allegedly. Um, O'Reilly had been convicted of assault with a deadly weapon for, this is a quote bit, taking his secretary to a motel and sadistically beating her almost to <gasps> death, apparently for no other reason than to satisfy his sexual desires without intercourse. End oh, quote. fuck. The DA's file stated this meant that O'Reilly had a history of violent crimes with sexual motivation. The files noted that O'Reilly's right pectoral muscle had been surgically removed, which was similar to the mutilation present on Elizabeth Short's body. Oh. The the reason I mention this, dude, because that's, it's... Circumstantial. It's, it's interesting, mm-hmm. but this last sentence is the reason that I'm mentioning it. It should be noted that O'Reilly was once married to the daughter of one of the LAPD captains. Oh. Oh. Shit. Yeah, that's why I've left that in there. Well, isn't that convenient? Interesting, eh? Mm. Fuck. said once married, not currently, but I'm guessing he made... Yeah. Do, do we know if he was married so. during the investigation? If he was married to her? It doesn't say. Uh, that's why it was only, there's literally there's three paragraphs yeah. on the fella. Yeah, and, that's. And because I actually changed my mind so late, <laughs> of which case to do, I actually didn't start doing the research for it till uh, half past seven this evening. Oh, damn. Yes. Teach me your way. Five hours before. So. Yes, sir. You, I like the way you research. And you, okay, quick sidebar. You have six yes. pages of handwritten notes and you didn't start until 7 p.m.? No, 7.30. 7.30? <laughs> 
Oh yeah, my god. Uh, Eleven. I okay. Uh, now I feel yeah, really bad. I mean, I've handwritten notes, but they're also uh, three tabs. <laughs> it's <laughs> so fine. So I didn't write those down. <laughs> uh, death. Yeah. Okay. So our <laughs> next suspect is a man called Leslie Dillon, and if you see a picture of him, he did it. <laughs> Leslie Dillon was a twenty-seven-year-old uh, bellhop who was also an aspiring writer, and he had previous experience as a mortician's assistant. So oh. that's the important aspect of things as well. This one's a tad longer, but I'll, I'll get through it. So in October 1948, Dylan wrote to an LAPD psychiatrist called Dr. J. Paul D. River. I, I'm sorry if I'm not if it's meant to be de Rivier or something, but it's... it's <laughs> um, so he wrote to Dr. River about the Black Dahlia case. Dylan, writing from Florida, told the River that he'd heard about the, the case through a true detective magazine. You know those magazines where they've got a, a woman clad in hardly anything on the front cover. Um, <laughs> ah, and he wanted yes. To, he wanted to hear uh, De River's theories on the case because Dylan had an interest in sadism and sexual psychopaths and wanted to write a book on the subject. Ah, that's quite an interest. I mean, you know. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's, it's specific. Oh, um, before sorry, before I carry on with Leslie Dillon, the name, the the name of the Black Dahlia, I forgot to tell you where it's uh, meant to originate from. There was a film based on a book by Raymond Chandler, who was a famous um, uh, uh, pulp pulp fiction writer, mm-hmm. as in not that over yeah. long. Somehow people like it. Film. <laughs> um, who did the detective? Not I'm not a fan. But he did the you know the detective novels like Mickey Spillane and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's a film called The Blue Dahlia based on it, and um, there was a chemist that Elizabeth used to go to, and they called her the Black Dahlia, partly because she liked to wear dark clothes, black clothes, and partly because she used to wear dahlias in her hair. So ah. that, that seems to be the 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 most believable reason. Other folk have said it was just. Um, it was from the papers and stuff like that. Right. That seems to be the reason that the Black Dahlia is the Black Dahlia. Cool. Which is, as, as names go, obviously it would rather they just called her Elizabeth Short, because mm-hmm. that's her name. And uh, But the Black Dahlia is pretty classy, even mm-hmm. after death. It is. So it's, it's quite It good. is. It's very and, iconic. And yeah, based and on called... the way they were speaking about her in the papers and in the press... Um, it could have been much worse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they basically called it a slut. Yeah. Much. So that's the name that they that that gave her could have been much worse than the Black Dahlia. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It just all the nasty things they said about her. Oh, apparently, mm-hmm. um, she was accused of being accused. No, I'm going to say accused. That's how they, they sort of worded it, of being a lesbian. Guess Known to not really have sex with men. Um, oh, the just, horror! It was some of the the most fucking vile stuff that still goes on today. I can promise you, I know very few women who have been with women and gone back to men. So yeah, I can't blame him. <laughs> you are fucking ace. I uh, <laughs> I find that doubtful. Um, yeah, so she, that's the, that was the name that she got, and it's it's a cool name. Is a cool name. It there is. There have been um, films and books and stuff on it, but 
they're all very loosely based as films that are made in Hollywood are mm-hmm. based on a true story just fuck off <laughs> but it's hard pile of shite <laughs> feel free to cut this bit it's very not relevant <laughs> fucking Mel Gibson dickhead and that right kiddo he's a Jew hating dickhead yes he is <laughs> yes he is yeah okay so death <laughs> Leslie Dillon we were talking about before. Um... Leslie Dillon. You were right. I looked up a picture of him and he's the murderer. He's creepy looking. All right. Yeah. Well, so I also have a thing for creepy looking <laughs> people. So a part of me was like, ooh, scary. And a part of me was like, but. Really? Yeah, Wait. it's a problem. No, I think. Oh, no, that's Tiffany's type. With someone playing Leslie Dillon. No. Oh no! Which, I'm talking about the one with the glasses. No, yeah. that's Tiffany's type. Really tall, scrawny. Like fella- the fact that that jacket oh, does not fit of him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Forgot the tall, <laughs> mm-hmm. scrawny. Who's the big yep. hairy one? That's Hagrid, right? Hagrid. Yes, that's mine. Well, that's your one. Also, my that's husband. One, right. <laughs> big and hairy. Yeah. God, no, my husband beautiful. is not my type at all, but it works. Dylan never confessed to the murder. He instead claimed Jeff Connors, a friend of him, a friend of his, was Elizabeth Short's killer. They wrote hmm. back and forth um, for a, a wee bit of time. And then, hey, why don't we meet up? We can talk face to face instead. And the doctor offered three locations. One was in Phoenix, one was in Los Angeles, and one was Las Vegas. Dylan expressed reservations about Los Angeles. I wonder why, hmm. and um, mm. decided, hey, Las Vegas instead. Let's do that, and they they yapped for a bit, and there was um, there were bodyguards there for uh, the doctor too. So they had a conversation. It was recorded, which is it doesn't really give anything away. The doctor says, "What do you think the killer did with the hair he shaved off of the private parts of the body of Elizabeth Short?" Dylan replies. I think the killer, such as he was, would probably have thrown the hair into a toilet and flushed it. The river then asked, What do you think a killer, such as he was, would do with a piece of flesh with a tattoo on it after he cut it off her thigh? Dylan said, Well, I think he probably would have thrown that down the toilet and flushed it. That, it there's not much, a huge amount more yeah. conversation-wise. It's not like... So you, he actually asked him, So you're the one who murdered Elizabeth Short? And uh, funnily enough, Dylan says, no, um, no, but very long answer. So the the, more, the the other things that are sort of linking him to it is that um, the undercover, undercover officer also remembered that Dylan was talking about bleeding a body prior to embalming by making an incision on the upper thigh and inserting a tube to drain the blood. Oh. Dylan had this medical experience when he worked as a mortician's assistant. So yes. he had the knowledge to do it. And a mortician's assistant, I would imagine you're involved with the the uh, dissection. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's probably well. one of their major parts. Oh, yeah, no pun. But yeah. Um, <laughs> so Dylan had hoped to return to California with the doctor to show them his friend Jeff Connors. When they arrived, they had trouble finding him. It, it seemed like he was made up. Uh-huh. He was then arrested... He was held against his will, Dylan. Mm-hmm. No, you are a suspect in a murder case. Rights. You are being yeah. held for a reason. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this was the interesting bit. So Dylan eventually offered the police intimate details about Elizabeth Short's murder that the investigators had even struggled to explain. <gasps> he was unheld against his will at a hotel near Los Angeles, and he was denied his constitutional rights. An undercover officer, under, undercover officer handcuffed him and officially took him into custody January 10th, 1949. So this is two years after, almost yeah. two years to the day, actually, after Elizabeth was murdered. They questioned wow. him. Um, they say the, the, um, the following night on the 11th of January, they received a call from San Francisco police saying that they had found Jeff Connors. His real name was Artie Lane. Lane had lived in Los Angeles at the time of Short's murder and worked as a maintenance man at Columbia Studios, a favourite hangout place for Elizabeth. There has been speculation that Artie Lane and Leslie Dillon could have been the same man. The LAPD never confirmed this theory. Hmm. By the end of 1949, they were no longer interested in him. That was it. What? Why? Um, It doesn't work that uh, way. There wasn't wasn't enough uh, evidence, uh, apparently, it seems. Um, said that concluded that Dylan was most likely in San Francisco when the murder took place. However, they could not conclusively place him there. In fact, the police could not account for Dylan's whereabouts between January 9th and January 15th, 1947, hmm. the huh. days when Elizabeth Short had still been considered missing. He then oh. tried to file a claim against them for $100,000 against the city of Los Angeles for how he was treated in the case. Yet the lawsuit was dropped when the LAPD discovered that he was wanted by the Santa Monica police for robbing a hotel while working as a bellhop there. <gasps> wow. So, yeah, I mean, he had, again, it is exceedingly circumstantial. He sounds mm-hmm. like he may have just been, if he if he's innocent of the crime, he's fucking guilty or something else, but if he's innocent of the <laughs> yeah. crime, then he just seems to have an interest in things that are... A lot darker than a, a, a lot of people would consider. I'll use the word normal, you know, yeah, or standard or something. I mean, obviously, there's a there's a lot of interest in true crime. It's twenty five to three in the morning. Oh, yeah. and I'm talking to you about it, so you know. <laughs> um, but a less so sadism and sexual psychopaths. That seems to be more of a. Maybe I'm wrong. It seems to be more of a drawing towards that kind of yeah thing. yeah no and absolutely just having a sort of interest to it yeah so that's leslie dillon that was patrick o'reilly the twat now here is the interesting one dun 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 if leslie dillon wasn't the interesting one i'm intrigued oh you've heard shit all so far <laughs> um <laughs> this guy i shall call him mr bastard Oh, <clears throat> oh yes. Dr. Bastard. <clears throat> <laughs> so this man was called George. Now his surname is H-O-D-E-L. Uh, so I'm not sure if it's Hoddle or Hodel. Mm-hmm. Like Hotel. Okay. Um, but I'll go with Hodel because it sounds nicer, I guess. Um, George <laughs> Hodel. So Dr. George Hotel. <laughs> Jesus, Hotel. 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 <laughs> Dr. George first came under uh, scrutiny, police scrutiny, in October of 1949 when he was accused of molesting his 14-year-old daughter, ah. Tamara. <gasps> Three witnesses testified at trial that they had seen him having sex with his daughter. 
He was later acquitted of the sexual assault charges in December of 1949. The molestation case led the LAPD to include Adele in the suspect list for the Black Dahlia case. Wait, there was three witnesses that said they saw it and he was Uh, acquitted? Yes. Fuck off. Oh, it gets better. Oh, boy. And by better, I mean absolutely worse. The LAPD put him under surveillance from February 18th, 1950 to 27th of March, 1950. They actually electronically bugged his home, which was oh. monitored by 18 detectives. I re- and the first time I read that, I was like, surely he's going to see 18 detectives. Right. And then I realized that they were monitoring <laughs> the fucking audio, not his fucking house. They just had put the lampshade on their head and stood in the corner. Yeah, I know. Because I'm, I'm an idiot. And I think I see things that are too literal. <laughs> no, I picture like the FBI van sitting outside the house with the big yeah flowers, <laughs> <laughs> like Buffalo mm-hmm. Bill's house. Um, so yes. they wanted to see if uh, Hadell would make any comments to insinuate that he was involved in Elizabeth Short's murder. Most of the transcript is dull at first, with Hadell having sex, berating his secretary, and talking about money problems. However. On the Feb- on 19th of February, 1950, there was something horrific in the recording. So, 8.25pm. Woman screamed. Woman screamed again. In brackets, it should be noted that the woman not heard before the scream. So, um, this must be uh, their notations. Um, mm-hmm. I'll say when it's their notations and I'll say when it was actually him uh, talking. Okay. So later the same day, Hadell was recorded talking to his confidant. So this is Hadell's uh, words. Realized there was nothing I could do. Put a pillow over her head and cover her with a blanket. Get a taxi. Expired 12.59. They thought there was something fishy. Anyway, now they may have figured it out. Killed her. Oh. That, that was his words. Fudge. That's, yeah. So... It, it gets a bit more interesting as well. So the surveillance routine, uh, routinely continued, catching a highly incriminating statement. So this is Hadell's words again. Supposing I did kill the Black Dahlia. They couldn't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary anymore because she's dead. Oh, <gasps> what? So the secretary referred to in the transcript was called Ruth Spaulding, who died from a drug overdose. Due to his comments in the recordings, he was investigated for her murder. He had been present when the secretary died, and he had burnt some of her belongings before the police were called, causing the Spalding case to be dropped due to lack of evidence. Fuck. However, documents were later found that indicated Spalding had been planning to blackmail Hadell. She was potentially about to come forward about Hadell intentionally misdiagnosing patients and billing them for lab tests, medical treatments, and unnecessary prescriptions. Dude, so, the main guy who believes that his who believes that Hadell Hadell was the killer is his son, his son ah. Steve Hadell, who was an LAPD homicide detective now turned crime author. Um, they weren't close, and uh, he truly believes that his dad was the Black Dahlia killer, but he kind of also believes that his dad was the Zodiac killer, possibly as well. And oh, I, th- I think he thought he did Lincoln. <laughs> I don't think you like this. What much, can but... I peg on him? I just need something that'll stick. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, um, even if he's not the Black Dahlia murderer, he's obviously a gigantic bastard that needs to go away. Oh, uh, without a doubt. Um, and I was actually 
other bits that I did write down. Um, yeah, so that was him. He actually he fucked off out of the country. He left America <laughs> and went to was it Cuba or the Philippines? Um, wow. To l- live as a doctor, and he died at the age of ninety-one. He lived oh, to ninety-one. Wow. Never charged. Never nothing came of it because Mm-mm. he was never in America. Apparently, according to his son, he regularly bopped in back and forth. What because, a douche nozzle. Uh, yeah. The the other thing that came with Hedel was that he was also heard recording, talking about illegal abortions, paying off the police, and other uh, financial irregularities. Hmm. Was heard on there. So plenty so that he should have been put away for a while. Pretty much, yeah. Um, he was a uh, an absolute scumbag, by the hmm. sounds of it. Um, regardless of anything else, there's just so many things. Thing is, one thing I was on, um, I meant to actually look up was it keeps saying illegal abortions, and I'm not sure there were any legal ones at all uh, back yeah. then. Yeah, I'm I not don't entirely know when sure that, that when it became like regulated. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not entirely sure. Maybe they were legal, and he was doing it illegally because I'm I'm sure that there were doctors who were doing it who were doing it for the best reasons, not him. Let's see. I know, not until like the seventy-three. Oh yeah, right, so they okay. were definitely nineteen seventy-three. The Supreme Court ruled that abortion was legal. Right. So everything, all abortions were illegal back then, but yeah. it is another element of crime that he was doing. If it was just on its own, it might be okay. But with everything yeah. else that he's uh, he said, literally said, then uh-uh. um, yeah, what? A and dick. the thing about his daughter, oh, that oh. just oh, it gets under my skin. Yeah, he should have been put away yeah. then. Like, I don't understand why they thought like, oh, let him out and we'll just bug him. Well, CK did say that um, he talked about paying off cops, and he yeah. was a white man. I'm sure. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me. He, he he looks, he looks it. I mean, and he's called George. So, <laughs> <laughs> if that's not a white man, I'm not entirely sure what is. I don't know if I want to look him up. I feel like he would give me the heebies. Actually, maybe not so much, or maybe he will now, knowing what you know. But knowing what you know, he'll give you the heebies. But um, before then, you'd just think he was like. Just a dude Just, with I, a don't, I don't know that mustache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do want to punch mean, oh, him in the face, but he was actually—he has linked, a punchable face. He was actually linked to another crime. He was linked to another murder <gasps> called the the Green Twig Murder. Um, and here's another weird thing: nothing came of it, obviously. And I didn't look up the Green Twig Murder, but the evidence to support the. Uh, the allegations wasn't publicly available until July of 2018. What? Yeah, I I don't know what the what happened there, but it was just very very bizarre, really bizarre. Huh? Yeah. Oh, it stinks. Cause like when you were telling us about Leslie, I was like, this is it. This is him. Now this guy, I don't care if it was him or not. He should have gone away. But because it was. 1947 i mean the chances of us ever solving it are very slim 
But if it is solved, getting justice yeah. isn't going to happen. Right. There's a lot of people think it was him. Because it seems, again, circumstantial, but heavily circumstantial. Yeah. Uh, strong or strong evidence. It's still circumstantial. So obviously, you couldn't put him away. But it sounds like he had almost admitted to killing his secretary, if nothing else. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, for sure. Yeah. For mm. my money... What little I have of it, it, it would be him. Um, but yeah, like you said. Well, you know, if he had been, and he still wasn't busted. If he had yeah. been put away because of his daughter, like he very well should have been, then we mm. might not even be here talking about this story in the first place. He lived in 1999. Wow. In San Francisco, California. Yeah, Fuck not a nice nope. Don't like that. No. At all. He has a very punchy well, face. Well, Rebecca, that was a yeah, damn was Rebecca, a way to go dark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to end it on a, a high note. It's the legacy okay, of Elizabeth. Yes. So, yes. Um, because of what had happened, and because of the amount of people who were investigating stuff, who all who had history of um, sexual uh, offences. I, I, I'm not sure what ones were specifically on it, but California was the first state in America to have uh, a sex offender registry. Oh, so, really? And it was, it was brought about directly because of Elizabeth Short's death, because it was created in 1947, and it was brought up by uh, a fella. Just two weeks after Short's murder, Republic, Republican State Assemblyman C. Don Field was prompted by the case to introduce a bill calling for the formation of a sex offender registry. The state of California would become the first U.S. state to make the registration of sex offenders mandatory, and it was done in 1947. Okay. That's amazing. That's why I left that bit till the very, very end. Absolutely. Because she should be remembered for who she was anyway, but she should be remembered for being the catalyst that created something that more than likely I would have thought saved lives yes. quite possibly so Absolutely. that's why i wanted to end it on uh, such a, a positive thing she was hmm. 22 years old man oh i can't even imagine hmm. that was 22 what was i doing at 22 i was probably doing a lot of bad things that i shouldn't have been <laughs> and if i had died then hmm. people would have been like the the reporters they would have had a field day were we living together <laughs> at 22 no, that was afterward, after I lived with you, but. Hmm. I, I can't remember. Yeah, so, yeah no, I think about like what I was doing place. at 22. <laughs> it's a quarter like, of a century ago for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've now lived more years now than I did when I was 22. <laughs> I mean, I... the difference between now and then right. is yes. <laughs> more than. <laughs> yeah, I've lived huh. more life. I've lived longer now. <laughs> than <laughs> They've probably been better years. I think my years after twenty two. Each been year's much been better, better than... than the last. Yeah, Each year's better perfect. Because I learn more and I understand more. So. I stop making as stupid of decisions. Well, my love, this was That's um, the story of Elizabeth Short. It was enraging, but yes. also. Um, super fascinating mm. and uh i definitely would love to have answers i don't love that there wouldn't be any justice because everybody involved has passed on but um 
it would be nice to know. Yeah, definitely. It's um, it's there's a sort of air of what's the word? There's a mythos about it mm-hmm. that seems less negative than maybe some other cases, like Jean Benet Ramsey. There's an yeah. air of something's not right there. Obviously, there's nothing. Not this is not a right thing because she was murdered, but it's more yes. of a she's she's remembered in a a positive way, yeah, as mm-hmm. opposed to um like the Jean Benet thing, which just seems tainted with too yeah. many weird things going on. Mm-hmm. This is just a a young lassie who was taken and snuffed out, right, with a, no fault of her own whatsoever. Um, I'm I'm not. I'm I'm actually I'm thinking the Jean Benet thing. Um and I'm not saying that Jean Benet was at fault in any way. Obviously she no. wasn't. I just mean that her family there was yeah. something not right. Yeah, there. there's a lot more Elizabeth Short. Uh what's the word I'm thinking of? Bullshit. <laughs> well, that's appropriate too. Um no, there's a lot more I don't know, the best thing I can think of is like twist and turns with the Jean Benet like it could go this way because of this, or it could go this way because of this. But with hers, it just happened. Like there's Somebody no took documented, her and murdered her. right? Yeah. yeah. Like there's no documented yeah. history with a certain person, or she was involved with a certain group, or you know. Not really. Bananas. No. Mm. Um, as much as some of the papers were trying paint her with such a dark. Yeah. Brush, well. Um, F them because they suck. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. It's it's not stuck. It's not stuck with her. It's she's yeah. this tragic figure. Right. And she is a tragic figure. She was mm-hmm. very, by the sounds of it, she might not have been happy particularly. I mean, she didn't have the the thing with her dad just fucking off for twelve years and stuff. Just and I don't know. I mean, she she did sound like she had good friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. And good. It's, it's horrible that she was taken, but. I'm almost glad that because she was taken, I'm sort of glad that she's remembered more as a tragic figure. Right. Because of what happened to her, uh, rather than something that's, you know, it's, it, she's not being blamed. Yeah. For what happened. No, it's absolutely. She's definitely looked at, like you said, it's more of just a tragedy than, oh, well, if you don't hear a lot of, shaming on her end saying like if she had done this or hadn't done that it's mm, all just not anymore what no. happened well yeah back then for sure well thank you for that darling that was i really appreciate that and for folk who are listening um i'm not great with note taking <laughs> especially when i start from <laughs> five hours before i'm due to record so I'm, I'm always a bit over the place with that kind of stuff but hopefully it made sense i think it was perfect it made a lot of sense, and if they listen to this show, they're used to me, so you were doing leaps and bounds better than <laughs> so that. You were oh, just fine. Oh, such a good point. You know what? I'm pretty yeah. sure said this. One of the, the both last times I did this well, and you said the exact same thing as well. So I, keep <laughs> I keep forgetting that you were, it's uh, fine. Tan- your tangential activities are even worse than mine, which is saying something. <laughs> tangential activities. Everything you says, just everything you says. Hmm. Wow. Everything you say Everything just sounds so much better. <laughs> it's so pretty, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> oh, strike I like, have not. <laughs> yeah. Tangential activities. It sounds like Tiffany's butthole again. <laughs> My wonky 
please be doing? You would expect it to be in one place, one direction, but no. Oh, no. <laughs> that is 100% accurate. <laughs> if your farts were visible, they must be so... They're... Dude, it's a problem. What's, like, what's the word? <sighs> DNA looking. Yeah. <laughs> like, I... I don't know how I got somebody to marry me, and there are times where he threatens divorce, but I am who I am, and uh, the reason when you gotta go, you gotta go. You're fucking amazing. That's why. Oh, I love you. Same as Ash. <laughs> it's, it's, it's yes. That's easy. The the your positives definitely outweigh your butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Your I mean, it might change your mind your if you get to Georgie. <laughs> right, is that the name of the episode? Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> Tangent. Positives out with your butthole. <laughs> yes. Well, on that note, <laughs> on that Remember, fun note, friends, everyone has something that they find odd. Let us tell you why it's not. If you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss, you can share this with Rebecca. Go back. You can share them with us on any of our social medias. <laughs> Links can be found at theladiesofstrange.com or you can email them to us at theladiesofstrange at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, hmm. you can tell our, your friends or go check out CK on all of his shows because that would be Birth even better. Uh, births and models. No, <laughs> not births and models. Eternal mirths and eternal tangential Births and arseholes. <laughs> CK, before we do the whole keep it strange thing, quick reminder of where everybody can find you. Uh, 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 I'm on the Twitter at Mirths underscore Monsters. I'm on Instagram at Mirths73. Facebook, I, have, I have a Facebook group. Uh, and I know Facebook's not everybody's favorite thing, but um, it's a safe part of the internet and it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a uh, lot of fun. It's Mirths and Monsters Facebook group, a.k.a. Finn's Fan Club. Um, and you can join there. It's, it's like over 500 of us now, which is amazing. And it's just, it's it's a safe place to go. It's just a lot of it's really a lovely, people. really good place. It's a Mister Rogers of a corner of the internet. <laughs> it really is. Anytime I need to pick me up, I go on there, and there are cute mm. cryptids. There are people's animal pictures. There's just a lot gnomes. of happy mm-hmm. love going around. Gnomes, gnomes. people's yeah. arts pro- art projects. It's great. You yes. should check it out. They're so talented. Uh, Man, scary. They are. But thank you can, so can much, make, CK. Can I make a request? Can I make a request? Yes, of course. Can I do the keep it strange, lovelies? Absolutely, my darling. You yell at me when I do that. You like CK. I more. like CK more than I you. Know. Well, um, yeah, but you're not me. That's I know. Fair. So, thank you so much for joining us. This it's always oh, a pleasure. And uh, CK, why don't you go ahead and send us off? Keep it strange, lovelies. Goodbye. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Bye, loves. Bye-bye. Bye, bye.